0: Welcome into the official. We've got a great show for you this week. Uh, You'll notice I'm wearing the same shirt as I was last week. That's because we did record two in a row, Um, but still going to give you some great information. Um, Kind of an evergreen show this week talking about non-traditional recruiting states. So a lot of times we do kind of mention, you'll hear us if you follow along with the official, you'll notice we say things like, ah, he's a three-star from Texas, you know, which means, you know, it's a pretty good bet or, He's from California, whatever. But there's a lot of guys that do come from, you know, not your typical Texas, Florida, Georgia, California states. And that's what we're going to center in on today and have a little discussion about, you know, why this matters or how much it matters, to what extent, and also talk about a few uh, players in particular. So without further ado, this is The Official. The <laughs> Official. gents here we go everyone's in the house tonight for another good discussion and i'm excited to talk about you know this was actually an idea i think birthed out of chat gpt if i'm if i'm not mistaken is that right matt
1: uh yeah i didn't think we were gonna bring that up but yes it was i just (laughs) uh i just was looking for some show ideas and i just asked it and uh it gave us a few pretty good ones
0: Yeah. I think that was when the whole chat GPT really, uh, you know, earlier in the year, everyone was talking about it all the time and, you know, we plugged it in, what are some good ideas? And this one is one we always liked. We just wanted to kind of uh, save it for when we could research it enough and have some thoughts about it. But the whole point here is talking about recruiting and players that come from your non-traditional recruiting hotbeds. And before we get started, I do want to mention homefieldapparel.com. Of course, this is our partner for really the best collegiate apparel you're going to find. You know, anyone from St. Peter's who made that Final Four run a few years, or Elite Eight, I think, or maybe Sweet 16. I don't know. It was a big unprecedented run for a school like St. Peter's. They have those types of merch all the way to your Georgia's, your Alabama's, um, and your Ohio State's, everywhere in between. So check out homefieldapparel.com for vintage-inspired Really clean, really comfortable, shirts, pants, sweatpants, hoodies, hats, the whole thing, uh, college apparel. And uh, if you put in Campus to Canton as your initial um, code, if you've never purchased from them before, you can get 15% off with our um, promo code there. So for sure, check out Home Field Apparel. And then also check out campus2canton.com, our parent website, where we just dropped a few weeks ago our top rankings for so you know we talk about recruiting all year long but we really didn't have our actual rankings with grades composite grades from all of our uh you know evaluators on the site but now we do so you can check those out um and then you have subscription packages starting at $2.99 per month over at campus for all your fantasy football needs whether it's college redraft all the way up until c2c and nfl dynasty all right so with that mouthful out of the way Let's just talk about briefly here in the beginning. You know, how do you feel when you look at a guy, you're looking at his tape and you're enjoying what you're seeing, and then you're like, oh, he plays for like Nothingville Central in Ohio? Does that immediately make your heart sink? You're like, ah, man, I'm really questioning if he's really that good now, you know, when he's coming from a, a middle of nowhere in a non traditional state outside of the Southeast, not Texas, not California type thing.
1: Um, I don't really care. I, I mean, it's, there's a lot of things that go into it, obviously. Uh, like, you know, if he's playing such small level of ball, I need to see high in production. I need to see translatable, uh, you know, athletic metrics to, uh, you know, just know that he can at least, you know, hang in at the next level. But most of the time, you know, I'm not really too worried unless they don't hit either of those marks Uh, but to get on the radar in the first place a lot of times
0: they do so we talk about strength of schedule and um so that's baked in but that's applicable whether it's you know indiana or texas even i mean we look at strength of schedule and that's just built in that's not necessarily because of where you're from you can have we've talked before about oh it's actually good a competition in ohio or bad competition in california so that kind of level sets a little bit. Um, how about you, David? I mean, is there anything going on there or are you kind of agnostic when it comes to location or where a player's
2: from? I mean, I agree with, with Matt saying, I do, I'm not gonna lie, it does make me a little bit nervous. Like a lot of these guys aren't like necessarily battle tested. Um, a lot of the plays you can, you kind of wonder if they're gonna translate. Um, I think, even with like, especially with like the guys that have like a negative strength of schedule, which is like really, really low, um, the hit rate for those guys is not, not very promising. Like, if I can speak on QBs because I was going through uh, the database, has like 600 or so uh, quarterbacks. Granted, there's not a lot of negative strength of schedules in general. The sample size is probably pretty small, but. Um, mm like the only guy that really hit from that is like Josh Allen. He had like a negative 12 SOS in some small town in California. Um, so like everything about, everything about Josh Allen is just a total outlier. Like he was like a sub, uh, like a sub nine YPA, which is like another thing to look at with, with guys that hit in the NFL. It's just everything about him is weird, uh, but he made it work. So it does make me nervous to answer your question.
0: Yeah, and I think it's reasonable. One one thing I would say is I don't necessarily rule a guy out if I'm looking at tape and then see he's from, uh, you know, Iowa or something like that. It's not like an immediate rule out. But I will say, I kind of use the typical hotbeds as a little bit of a rule in, especially when I'm looking at you know trying to mine through all the three stars. You know, when we do our three star, um, you know, show, or I'm trying to specifically pick out sleepers. I, don't, I just go to, like, Texas and Florida first, especially for the skill positions, wide receiver and running back. I mean, I don't necessarily uh, care nearly as much for quarterback or tight end, for that matter. But I think it's probably just a numbers game when we really get down to it. Um, there's just so many more players in those states. Um, they do – those states and, the you know, kind of the youth prep program do put a lot more resources into it, so, like – you know, there's a training thing is year round uh, ability to play all that kind of stuff. But with travel football and your seven on seven guys can do it no matter where they are. But, um, you know, I do look for like I'll probably never really find a three star out of like, you know, Colorado out of nowhere unless you guys might bring them to me because i'm not really i'm skipping over those guys and i'm just going to try to take from a subset that's like texas california florida when i'm looking at all those three stars and i did do a a very unscientific study but when i looked at three star hit rates at some point uh over the last two years the vast majority were actually from the state of florida again could be a numbers game there's just more of them out there but um you know, they go other places. They don't stay in state. So like guys that came, I mean, Antonio Brown was from Miami, but went to central Michigan. I mean, these guys do kind of end up going out of state because the main state programs are full and you can't have gems that hit out of the state of Texas and state of Florida that, that wind up at, you know, Northeastern schools or, you know, Midwestern schools. So I'm always, my eyebrow does raise. I know we're talking about the non-traditional but just to kind of put in context why i do value these guys who are from florida texas because they pop and they pop in other places uh you know not staying home for school but this show is about you know the non-traditional do you think that playing in cold weather for instance like or just really rural i mean idaho montana um you know, Gatlin Blair is very uh, bears, very high rated guy from Idaho this year. We liked Keinholtz. He was from one of the Dakotas last year, quarterback. Um, so you do find these one off guys and we look at their competition and we're not always super impressed. So I guess the question would be, I'll throw it to Matt first. Um, what do you need to look for? to like overcome that, that poor sos for instance i mean if you've got a guy playing south dakota football what do you need to see to really overcome that the stats look good but is there anything on film you're like i need something i need really pop or something like that
1: well yeah i'll just say film wise they just need to look like they're just you know absolutely crushing the competition if you're out there playing against you know guys like under 10 sos then uh that's like you know pretty bottom barrel competition if you're not looking good against these guys then uh, there's not there's you know very very unlikely you're gonna look good the next level unless you take some sort of uh massive advancement in your game so uh you know we can get into position specifics but just in general i just need to see them absolutely dominating that competition
0: yeah, and stats are one thing, but you want to see physical – like you want to see him look way quicker than everyone else, well, way even, bigger than even, everyone else.
1: Even lower levels, guys can get schemed into stats too.
0: Yeah, so I think that's fair to say. I think – so we can't – you know, and if you honestly go on max preps or something and just sort by the, the biggest stat leaders, a lot of times you'll find guys, especially receivers out in like Utah, I mean they're putting up like 2,000-yard seasons. they only run an offer because I think they just run some wide-open schemes out there and things like that. So – um, stats don't get you all the way there. You need to see it. And I like that. You want to just see basically a, a guy who's just um, completely outperforming everyone in every possible way. Now, David, um, I want to get to you. You mentioned before the show, you have a little theory that you're working on. Um, last time you really brought a theory to us. I loved it. It was the rushing quarterback theory. We've kind of carried that for the last few years. we got another theory on quarterbacks here um, about guys from Hawaii. So take it away, tell us what you're working on, and uh, when you bring up the one we have a clip of, I'll, I'll play that as
2: well. Yeah, I mean, this one's kind of in the works. I just started it this morning, but uh, <laughs> I t- was just trying to think of something interesting to say on the podcast, but I, I was going on some rabbit holes trying to find something. Um, and I, I started, I stumbled upon Hawaii, I just started looking at Hawaii prospects, and uh, I started looking at the quarterbacks. I was just kind of curious to see what quarterbacks came from Hawaii in general. And I guess the OG one that everyone kind of knows is Timmy Chang from way back in 2000, current head coach of Hawaii right now. But then I was like, I was like, what else have they produced? So then I just went through it and I'm like, I went through 24 sevens, Hawaii, all their prospects listed, um, from Hawaii and from 2000, all the way up to 2011. And there was, there was only two quarterbacks total. Um, none of them did anything. So they just didn't have anything at all. I'm like, all right, that's kind of curious. Hmm. So then 2011 is uh, Marcus Mariota. And so Marcus Mariota goes on, obviously a high profile prospect goes to Oregon wins the Heisman. And so I was thinking, you know, uh, Timmy Chang was before like social media and stuff like that. Right. Like, not, not everything's all televised you can't see everything nothing it's before twitter and facebook all this stuff so i was thinking potentially maybe Mariota just maybe put a lot of interest into with, with football in ohio in hawaii so then i just started going through the list and it started in 2016 where i just see all these quarterbacks popping up from hawaii so the first one that came up was Mackenzie milton 2016 and he's he, was, he actually started, I think, as a freshman at UCF, um, yeah. was like QB3 in 2017. Yeah, he, he's just been really productive. Uh, and then after that, 2007, you obviously have Tua, uh, Tua Tagovola, Um, And then after that, you got um, his brother, Talia. Then you got mm-hmm. Dylan Gabriel. And then you mm-hmm. got Jaden Delora. And so I was just thinking, all right, well, like there's a, this huge gap where there's no QBs at all. And then all of a sudden you got this, they're just popping up all over the place. So I just thought, I mean, it could just be like they all of a sudden have really good youth quarterback programs or something like that. In the, but I thought maybe partially it had something to do with like kids being inspired by watching Marcus Mariota, uh, you know, to be go on and be so successful. So then just leads to this class. I'll just touch on it. We already talked about Micah Alhado, but um, he's another guy, Hawaii-born, um, he doesn't play in Hawaii. He actually, so the assistant coach for Bishop Gorman is from Hawaii. So they have a huge pipeline where they take kids over from there. Um, they mm. actually had a receiver uh, last year that went to Wisconsin and they, they have a running back, Micah Kapana, who's going to Michigan. This year, also another Hawaiian. So uh, they're actually producing a decent amount of skill players. So I, I don't know. My theory was basically that maybe Marcus Murray has started maybe just inspired a bunch of kids to be, to be quarterbacks. And all of a sudden they're producing. And by the way, like Hawaii is like 40th out of 50 States in like population. It's really, it's actually pretty small. And like, it's right next to like New Hampshire, Maine and Montana. So it just seemed like a high, it just seemed like a lot of hits in, in a, not a densely populated area.
0: Yeah. Very interesting stuff. I mean, I'll be honest. When you brought that up earlier today in the Slack, I was like, realized that, you know, maybe it is Mariotta, uh Dylan Gabriel. I mean, you know, these guys who came in and were really good pretty quickly. Um, I I look at Hawaii quarterbacks a little bit, especially the three stars. I mean, I'm kind of interested. Alejandro is a very interesting-looking guy. His stature might prevent a little bit of upside, but he looks really explosive as an athlete. I mean, who knows? Like, maybe it was Mariota. Maybe it's just more coverage. Maybe colleges are, can easily more get – information on these guys uh, way out in Hawaii and uh, be able to get game tape easier and things like that, like you said, with the advent of technology and social media. So it could be just coverage. These guys maybe weren't discovered before. Um, But it's certainly interesting, and I agree with you that, you know, the um, kind of that density of good players coming out of a very – like you can't even name that many good players out of some of those other states you mentioned, Montana and Rhode Island in Connecticut over the same amount of time, like you just listed six quarterbacks in one position. Um, And so I I think it's actually pretty interesting for, to follow along, definitely a non-traditional state, but I find myself looking a little bit at Hawaii as well. Um, You know, just to see if there's any guys who catch my eye, especially at quarterbacks. So I've done the same thing. Um, Matt, anything to add about the Hawaii uh, quarterback theory?
1: No, not really. I think they've covered it. I, I mean, I love Alhado in this class. I think I'd probably be the uh, highest person on him. So
0: there you go. Yeah, and he'll be—he's going back home, right? He's going to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. So to we'll play see. for I mean, Timmy Chang. Yeah, I would love to see that. I'd love to see him do well, um, and uh, and that could be really exciting. So you know, we're about halfway point here. I think we can switch gears a little bit to talk about some specific players. That's what we always like to do here on The Official. And we've taken kind of hand-selected two or three guys each to talk about from a non-traditional state, guys who we kind of like in this class and we think could uh, do something and then also even have some international guys because that's becoming a bigger thing too. There's a lot of buzz and momentum with international imports coming in to play college ball Uh, Even at big name schools like this This isn't just for G5 anymore. You've got guys coming to like major, major universities to play football that grew up um, in Europe or other areas. So um, let's just kick it off here. Uh, Darren Dupree, David, take it away with with him and, and why you like
2: this guy. Yeah, so he's a little bit under the radar. I feel like because he missed a lot of last year, where he played through turf toe and uh, a hamstring injury. But I liked to. I thought he was a really crafty, um, pretty good contact balance, decent speed. Um, but I thought he was like the most natural pass catcher in the class, or or near the top at least. Um, and so that interested me. He's headed to Wisconsin. Yeah, um, I don't know if the, any. By the way, these kids—the way they order some of these highlights—just like I don't know if we'll really get to see much of him uh, showing out here. But regardless, um, he just was recently um, offered by Alabama, so it's probably oh, non—it's non-com- probably non-committal. I-, I assume it's non-committal, but at least he's on their radar; they're somewhat interested. Um, but I actually kind of like the landing spot with the Phil Longo offense because. Um everyone kind of talks about how you know the, the box won't be stacked. Uh they kind of spread things out, and running backs in his system are generally really um efficient and used quite a bit in the passing game as well. I guess the hope was that he'd be like kind of a Michael Carter, um, you know, Ty Chandler type guy or something like that. Um so I guess that's the hope. But from Illinois, I don't know if I mentioned that, which you know, the Chicago area is, a, is obviously a densely populated area, so there's going to be flint, a decent amount of guys coming out of Illinois.
0: Yeah, and I feel like Wisconsin does get in there. I know they got Kyle and Barry Johnsons from there. I think Wisconsin is, you know, obviously about two hours from Chicago, so that is a big pipeline for them and needs to be probably to get some good athletes out of that Chicagoland area. But, um, yeah, I think you hit it on the head. In that, in that offense, you are looking at, you know, your ideal would be a Ty Chandler, Michael Carter type. So. If he turns out there in that offense, I think that could be real good, especially for CFF, no doubt. Um, all right, Matt, Luke Reynolds, uh, take us through this guy. I think he had a pretty big summer. Actually, got his name up on the board and some radars.
1: Yeah, definitely. His you know, around the you know elite eleven, he had a really good showing out there. Uh, you know, just being one of the more consistent receivers in general. And uh, right now he plays you know a lot of quarterback. Uh, you know, mostly running the ball, but. He's a really, really good athlete. He's definitely got some dog in him. Uh, You can see here, really good with the ball in his hands. Super fluid guy. And uh, going to Penn State where they can, you know, develop tight ends. Uh, I don't exactly love the CFF CFF upside with uh, Frappelier there, uh, you know, ahead of him. But uh, I think he he definitely has, uh, you know, draftable NFL upside. I think he'd definitely be at least a day three pick with his physical abilities. So he's definitely someone I'll be moderning a bit
0: um and remind remind me where he's from
1: oh yes sorry i should have said that Uh, from connecticut i believe he just transferred to play ball in massachusetts so
0: okay not penn state mining that guys yeah Yeah, i think Rapley was from up in massachusetts as well maybe so uh, penn state naturally digging into the northeast over there that makes a lot of sense okay i'm taking a guy not quite as off the beaten path as hawaii but The smallest state in the union, Israel Heraldo is a guy I like from Rhode Island and uncommitted right now. uh, Probably, uh, I think, Crystal Bald or at least uh, a lot of people seem to think he might wind up at Maryland. But look at the change of direction here. He is a very special mover. Smaller guy, probably a slot type, uh, but definitely shows like what Matt was saying. You know, when you're playing Rhode Island high school competition, You want a dude who just looks completely different. And, you know, he kind of looks a little bit like Nightcrawler out there, just almost morphing from spot to spot. Nobody can get a hand on him. And uh, he is small, but, like, he gets in that crouch position. Like, he really does. He's just kind of, like, zipping around and no one can get a hand on him. So I think he could be very fun at the next level. And and elevating right there, showing some ball skills to get over a um, a DB. So I kind of like Israel Geraldo. He's going to be, you know, in your drafts, we're talking – Last round pick, probably, or at least maybe a a waiver wire watch type. But, um, you know, interesting player from the smallest state in the Union, Rhode Island. You don't get to say that very often. Kicking it over to you, David, Corey Duff, another guy from from an untraditional state, but we kind of like him, I guess, huh?
2: Yeah, he's from New York. Um, Another guy, you know, I think a 20 SOS, which is below average. I thought he was super fluid, really good ball skills. Uh, he had a really big summer um, playing 7v7. I don't know if he like has a really high athlete score or whatever, but he lo- he looks pretty athletic on film to me at least. Um, I actually thought he was kind of like an Ironde Gadsden type to me. Mm. Uh, but he's he's a tweener for sure. So it's like as far as NFL goes, it's always kind of a weird thing with that guy. Like He's, he's like 6'5", 200 not exactly expecting him to put on like 45 pounds or whatever so I think he'll be uh you know a C. I see I think he'll be a college guy and yeah he's going to Rutgers you kind of need um what's his name a Johnny Shepherd to be pretty good yeah um, yeah to you know to be productive but I like his I like him I like his his game in an, in a vacuum.
0: Yeah, and he looks really long. I mean, those arms, he was catching some passes, and just like the wingspan looks pretty huge for him. So maybe he can pack on more pounds than you'd think. I did like him running what I appeared to be running over a pitcher's mound on the way to the end zone on one of those fields up in New York. Maybe that's why they don't have the best prospects because they're sharing baseball diamonds. Um, All right, Matt, I'm really excited to talk about the next two guys for you. International prospects. So this is something we've kind of chatted about a little bit in the Slack. Like, hey, we need to keep an eye on this. I'd love to see this get a little bit more mainstream. Um, And for a while, it was like, you know, some guy maybe would go to, like, Akron or Bowling Green, and you'd be like, oh, you know, he was born in Germany. But I feel like this is becoming a lot more mainstream. Uh, So tell us about Oliver Lundberg Coleman. And uh, I think he's not going to a major school, but still, you
1: like him. Oh, yeah, he's actually going to UConn. Uh, so not not awful actually a pretty decent CFF landing spot. I would say uh, He was out of Sweden. He's five foot nine two hundred pounds three FBF offers FBS offers uh, and uh, First one was from Western Kentucky. He went to a camp there They didn't even know he was Swedish and they offered him uh, He immediately committed and then he uh, later on he ended up decommitting from there that just didn't end up working out but That's fine. I must for uh, UConn anyway and he goes and plays at uh, Rig Academy, R I G Academy. It's basically the IMG over there, mm. where um, they they go to school strictly to play you know, American football, and uh, you know they learn about football in classes. They learn about nutrition and a bunch of other stuff. So it's interesting, at least. And uh, I I like his tape. I mean, he moves pretty good, good lateral mover, good size. Uh, I think he could potentially be something in UConn, but you know probably not a guy we're drafting in uh, leagues. Definitely no, wait and see. The, yeah, I mean, the
0: whole point of this show was not necessarily always actionable information, but, you know, a, an interesting angle on non traditional type stuff and ga- guys are certainly put on your radar. Um, and so I, I know I've heard about this Oliver Lundberg guy actually for a while. I think he's been an international yeah, he, he guy. He was
1: supposed to be the international guys, it's hard to tell whether he's going to be in one class or the other. He was yeah. originally supposed to be in 2023. Now he's in the 2024 class. Okay, okay. Maybe that's why I'd heard about him
0: about for a little bit. Um, okay, so a guy that, you know, depending on where he winds up on my list, might be actually draftable in freshman drafts is Gavin Hoffman, a tight end prospect out of Kansas who is committed to Iowa. So you love that tight ends going to Iowa. You know, you're already halfway to the NFL. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, he's kind of my rappelier of this class. You've probably heard me talk about him a few times by now. But one of the few tight ends in this class who actually has some inline in, uh You know, film has some blocking on film, but also he's a pretty freak athlete and then, you know, can do things like this lined up outside, make a guy miss uh, on the sideline and then keep going. So I do like him. And uh, he is, yeah, again, from Kansas and, you know, kind of a bummer. I like what they're building at Kansas State. It would have been fun for him to go to Kansas State. But, uh, you know, Iowa is great also. All right, so kicking it to David for the last round here. Joseph McVeigh, uh, where is he from, and, and why do you like him? Boom! All right, we got dunks.
2: Uh, yeah, dunks. That's it. No, uh, he's from Arkansas, so he might play. He might play the. Well, I guess the Sweden Sweden takes the cake on that one. But as far as U.S. competition, it might be the worst. Uh, he has a negative fifteen SOS. He's played against. Yeah, it's just bad. But I <laughs> thought his movement was high level. Like he kind of has some of the nitro toggle to him, maybe not to his level, but like his lateral, lateral displacement is pretty pretty crazy. Um, he's just really he's got curve linear at you know um, acceleration stuff like that. So he's just a super athlete. Uh, had like 110 catches last year, like over 1,500 yards, over 20 touchdowns. He's just and already he already posted his week one highlights, and it's just. It's a debacle. I have no idea what his stats were. He must have had 200-plus yards and, like, five touchdowns or something. It's, it's too easy for him, which, you know, is concerning. You wonder how he's going to translate when he when he starts playing in the SEC but going to Vanderbilt. But um, I think he's interesting. Well, I'm brooding I'm for him. I'll, I'll put it that way. We do love Vandy recruits. I mean, but I think that, you know,
0: it is concerning that the SOS is so bad. But what's not concerning is that he just looks like he's a completely different on a completely different playing field as these guys like Matt was alluding to earlier when they just pop so much on film. It's like, yeah, okay. Maybe it is bad competition, but he's doing all you can possibly do against that type of competition. Um, and then to round it all out here, <clears throat> we'll go Duncan Brune for you, Matt, another international guy. So that's kind of fun to talk about. So tell us about him. I don't think I know this name actually.
1: Uh, yeah. So Duncan Brune, he is out of Germany, uh, He's one of the better athletes in the class, actually. 81st percentile athleticism score in our database. Uh, He has great 100-meter times. He has good vertical jump, 40-yard time. Like a bunch of really impressive workout numbers. You can definitely see that on tape here. He just moves super well. Uh, He's the son of a four-time Olympic uh, German swimmer. So he definitely has the bloodlines in there, too. He works out with the, uh, the national German bobsledding team. Uh, so, a very athletic guy. He currently has three FBS offers from uh, Middle Tennessee, Ohio, and Toledo. And uh, he's 5'10, 195 pounds. So, definitely the requisite size, too. Uh, you know, just could be somebody fun to keep your eye on. Maybe he does something.
0: Yeah, he plays for the Cologne Crocodiles. <laughs> uh, so, you got to love that. But yeah, if he wound up like in the Mac, I know you're saying, uh, you know, maybe I'm looking here on some offers. It looks like maybe Toledo, Ohio, Middle Tennessee. Yeah, you never know for CFF. If you hear that name pop up at some time in the next few years, just remember it. And you know, in the the Mac, who knows? We love love investing in the Mac for CFF. All right, well, I mean, I think that's all the names we wanted to get to. Uh, Thanks for digging through all those guys from all those states. Thank you, David, for working on the Hawaii quarterback theorem. I think it's something worth looking into even deeper. Uh, but that was really fun, looking at some, you know, just getting out of the states of Texas. I feel like I, I know I spend so much time in Texas and Florida uh, doing this, but, you know, pretty fun. And occasionally you do get that guy out of somewhere else. And, uh, you know, maybe we highlighted a future star here, so that would be great. But um, as always, gentlemen, thank you so much for all your hard work. This has been The official. Just after the death.